right, so tonight's teaching text comes from Psalm 33, verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. The word of the Lord. But uh, it's so good to see you tonight. Um, quick announcement, Pastor Randall is still on sabbatical, so uh, he says hello, he texted me a little bit ago, uh, this morning I guess, and um, just wished us all well today. Pastor Randall, if you're listening, go ahead. Hi, Pastor Randall! Oh, incredible, he's going to love that, he's going to love that, alright. Um, so tonight begins our, um, our new series in Psalms, I'm really excited about it. Um, we're going to be hearing from um, myself, uh, we're going to be hearing from Nick, actually we're going to be hearing from Pastor Randall in this series, so this series will uh, wrap up actually when he's back, so we will get to hear what he has to say on the Psalms as well, so that's going to be great. Um, one great thing that's cool about the Psalms is that a lot of the Psalms were written by one person, sometimes King David, sometimes somebody else, and what's really cool is that the Psalms were written for the community, but God spoke through one person. And it's a reminder that God sometimes speaks to the community through an individual. And sometimes he can speak to our communities through us. So as we're in Psalms, that's something to think about. That, that though his exaltation for a crowd of people is also speaking to the individual. And I think that's really cool. So oftentimes in scriptures we'll read the words that say um, like praise the Lord or worship the Lord or exalt the Lord. And... Um, I think it would be helpful tonight to understand that in the scriptures, that doesn't necessarily mean musical praise. Think of it like this. If you are someone who's not musically gifted, maybe the only thing you can play, as my dad would say, is the CD player. Get it? Yeah, bad joke. Dad joke, actually. Uh, it can be a little confusing because the Psalms say, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord, worship the Lord. And if you're not someone who's musically gifted, it could be like, ah, I'm not sure anybody wants to hear that. And so it's easy to check out during worship time, the musical worship time at church, because like, well, I'll hop back in on a part that, that actually works for me. So when we understand that, that the idea of praise and worship doesn't necessarily mean musical worship, but often in the Bible you can interchange service for the word praise or worship. Serve the Lord, right? And that's exciting because it opens up possibilities for those who aren't musically gifted to give their best to the Lord. So as we understand that, let's go ahead and, um, well, one more thing. This isn't in my notes, but at Anchor Church, we don't call our worship teams worship teams. We call them music teams because of this idea that Service to God isn't just in music. So for those who passed out connection cards tonight on the seats, for those who stood at the doors and said hello, those are all acts of worship and service to God. So, understanding that, let's go ahead and jump into verse 1 together. It says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. The psalmist begins with a call to praise, and this call has two parts. The first part says that the righteous are to sing 
joyfully. One theologian writes this, The scripture is calling upon the righteous, the believers of Christ, to be cheerful. And indeed, there is hardly any duty more pressed in the Old and New Testament or less practiced. I'm sure you've probably heard the phrase, my grandfather was really fond of saying, do it right or don't do it at all. Anybody else kind of grow up hearing that? If you're going to do it, do it the right way. So the psalmist is telling us that if we are going to serve the Lord, if we are going to praise the Lord and exalt the Lord, we need to do it the right way. And what is the right way? With joy. When we praise, may our hearts be full of gladness. For that's what the scriptures are calling us towards. It seems like joy can be really hard to find in the world today. And that's why this call is so important. Because when we praise the Lord with gladness, we have the ability to spread that joy around. We don't just keep that joy inside. We don't only give that joy to the Lord. We give that joy and that gladness to others. May we be contagious in our cheerfulness of service. The second part of this verse reads that it is fitting for the righteous and upright to praise. So in other words, for those who follow Christ, praising and serving the Lord is what we do. It is fitting for us to praise. I'll put it like this. What do plumbers do? They fix leaky pipes. What do carpenters do? They build fences and other things. Race car drivers drive race cars. What do we do? We praise joyfully. For those that are followers of Christ, this joyful praise is a non-negotiable. Spurgeon writes, To rejoice in temporal comforts is dangerous. To rejoice in self is foolish. To rejoice in sin is fatal. But to rejoice in God is heavenly. So followers of Christ praise the Lord in every season, in every circumstance. Our calling is to praise. We must be careful not to praise ourselves. That's really easy to do. Not praise others. That's also really easy to do. Not praise our actions. That's really, really easy to do. But to praise God. So then in verse 2, it says, Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the ten strings lyre. I really, I really like this verse, um, partly because it talks about instruments, and I like playing instruments, but partly because what we don't know that's underneath this verse. So the harp and the lyre were, were two different instruments, and um, they differenced in position of frequencies. So think of it like a flute and a bass guitar. One was high and one was low. They both make music but they make music in a different sonic range. Just like these instruments, you and I, us here tonight, we have different frequencies in which we make praise. And the frequencies in which we make that praise are suited to us. Sometimes they feel just a little bit more natural. Anybody, anybody feel that way? For instance, 
I do not like math. That is not my thing. I like math so little that I actually don't know if I'm good at it or if I'm bad at it. I just know that I don't like to do it. So chances are, if I am praising the Lord, it is not through the wonderful process of solving equations. Now, Jeff, Jeff and I met this week, and you talk about specifically money math to Jeff, and Jeff comes alive. For those that have been here for our Global Impact Focus Week, when we tally, when we tally those faith promise giving cards, and he comes up over to the little table, you know what I'm talking about, and he has foam with his calculator, you look over, and there is a smile of joy upon Jeff's face that cannot be rivaled in any other way. Jeff, would you say that your frequency is through money math? Would that be fair to say? That it makes you come alive? It's incredible how we are all created so differently and there are things in us that drive us to praise and serve the Lord that are so different, yet all so equally fitting. Tim Keller, in his book, Every Good Endeavor, writes that we are to see work as a way of service, read praise to God. So we should both choose and conduct our work in accordance with that purpose. Now, this should be encouraging to us tonight because it frees us from that uncomfortable feeling of serving the Lord with a skill that we are not good at. So the process becomes a little bit more simple because it frees us to ask ourselves, what am I good at? And when we figure out what we're good at, then that is what we should do to serve and praise the Lord. Now, We'll talk about something in just a second that doesn't necessarily say that there's only one way in which you should praise the Lord. Because God calls us to expand our skills, right? And we'll get to that in just a second. Now, all the different sounding frequencies in which we praise the Lord, they act almost as a symphony, right? Because when we have a lot of different skills and a lot of different abilities, we all sound different. Yet we're making the same noise. And this noise is pleasing to God's ears. Verse 3 says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. The first part again, sing to him a, I underline this a million times in my notes, new song. Now I really like music. You probably know that because I do a lot of music for Anchor Church. Um, and so it was really funny this week when I was actually writing, I wrote here in my notes. Let me find it because it's, it's pretty weird. As I was preparing for this teaching tonight, something kind of funny happened, and I actually put in parentheses, as you wrote these words. All right, so I'm sitting there, and I'm typing in a coffee shop, and uh, anybody use Spotify? So Spotify gives you sometimes... Um, like a push notification for the anniversary of a specific album, right? And so I'm sitting there, and I look down at my phone, and uh, I get a notification that 10 years ago today, not today, but when I was writing, uh, a specific album came out. And it told me this because I had saved the album in my music. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. So what did I do? I turned on the album. For those that are wondering, it was City of Black and White, Matt Carney. All right, 
So, I'm listening, and I'm like flooded with memories, because I don't really listen to the album that often anymore. And I'm flooded with memories of the summer in my life where literally that was the only album I listened to. In fact, it was the first album I decided to purchase in iTunes digitally and not have a hard copy. I know, crazy. Now here I am listening to Spotify and I don't own any of that. But as I'm listening to it, it reminds me, oh, that's, that's interesting. It took the old songs to help me to appreciate the new songs. And the new songs don't really happen without the old songs. Without the new songs, it's difficult to appreciate the old songs. By encouraging us to sing new songs, it becomes our responsibility to continually refresh our praise and our service to God. Because if we don't, it becomes easy to fall into little song ruts, which become just a little bit stale. Yet, those old songs are important. Because sometimes, just like when that album came on, those old songs remind us and serve as an altar for periods of our life where those songs were all that we had. And may they remind us of the good things that those old songs brought us. Yet, the psalmist calls us to sing new songs. After he encourages us to sing new songs, he moves to verse 3. And that moves us forward into something just a little bit different because it says, play skillfully. The psalmist encourages us to bring the best of what we have in praise and service to God, directing us away from complacency and moving us towards an increased understanding of the good things that we are capable of. Let me put it a different way. When we practice and when we learn and when we craft our skills, we inevitably find new and creative ways of using those same skills. And it is the exact same way in our praise. If we practice our service, and if we practice our praise, the scriptures tell us that new songs will come. Sometimes those new songs open us up to new ways of praise. Remember a second ago when I said that it doesn't mean that we only praise God one way. Because what happens if we only praise God one way? It becomes stale and we fall into a rut. So when we practice and we praise skillfully, sometimes God pulls us out of what is comfortable into something new. So if you're not someone who likes to sing, and when we sing in our gathering on Sunday, Sundays, if you practice that skill and you say, you know what, music might not be my thing and maybe the people around me won't love my voice, but I'm going to practice this skill because I want something new out of my praise. And I want God to hear something new from my praise. Perhaps, just maybe, God can grow into you the ability to praise in a different way, in an exciting way, from what you are used to. 
So our frequencies might be a little bit different, but the message is the same. To first sing new songs, and second, to bring our best. To sing and play and serve skillfully. And finally, verse 4, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. So as we move through verses 1 through 3, we come to 4 and 5. What do they remind us of? They remind us that when we serve, when we sing, when we praise, when we worship, no matter what that song sounds like, what service we bring or what frequency resonates within us, God hears our praise. God turns towards us. He gives us faithfulness, righteousness, justice, and love. Those are, those are different things, aren't they? Someone who is faithful might not always be just. Someone who is loving might not always be righteous. Yet the psalmist tells us that when we praise God, he is all of those things. He is faithful. He is righteous. He provides us with righteousness, justice, and love. So the psalmist is saying that when we give our praise to God, when we give that time, when we practice, God gives us back things that only God can give. Yet as this happens, it needs to spurn us back into that cycle of new praise and new skill and fresh practice. It is an action. It is a response. Our action is praise. God's response is gifts. Our action then becomes more praise. And God promises that his action is more faithfulness and righteousness and justice and love. So if the band could come on up. I think what this leaves us with tonight is actually a series of action steps for us to take. And I promise they're not difficult. And I'm not going to promise they will change your life. But I believe with my whole heart that if we do what the psalmist calls us to do, it will change our lives for the better. So the first one, find the frequency where you thrive. Some of us might know that frequency already. Some of us might be learning what that frequency is and honing that frequency. Some of us might be a little bit stale with the frequency we've already used and always used. And it might be time for us to look inward and see if there's something else there that resonates with praise. Number two, make the conscious decision to use that frequency in joyful praise. So as we talked about action in response, our action is to take those gifts and those skills and praise. And not just regular praise, 
but in joyful praise. Knowing that when we bring that joyful praise to God, he not only gives us gifts, but we spread that joy around to others. That it moves us from simply thinking about our own gifts and callings, and it moves us to looking to those people around us and bringing the best out of them. Bringing new songs out of our friends, out of our family, out of our church community. And then third, continue to hone your skill and let that practice open you up to new songs of praise. Practice. When we praise, that builds in more praise and it makes us better at praising and at serving. And when we do that, we are opened up to more new songs. So when we sing those new songs, not only do we have a fresh voice of praise to God, but we also can remember the old songs that served us so well. The markers in our life that remind us of God's faithfulness and his righteousness and his justice and his love. And those are God's gift to us. So tonight, as we make musical praise to God in our closing song, I would encourage you to sing. And maybe that feels a little bit weird because like I said, your frequency is a little bit off key. But that's okay. Or maybe as we sing, you might ask God to give you fresh vision for your life. Fresh service, fresh songs, fresh skills. New ways to praise God. Because perhaps the ways you've been using have gotten a little bit stale. Or maybe you're just someone like me who really likes new things. I rearrange my office just because I'm tired of how my office looks. Not all of us are like that. But for those who like to learn and like to grow and like to learn new things, maybe God is calling us to learn a new way to praise Him. So as uh, Thomas leads us tonight, let's go ahead and stand together and I'm going to pray. And then let's sing together. That sound like a plan? Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for the words of the psalmist that draw us into new songs and new praise. Thank you that you promised to give us righteousness and justice and love. Your goodness is always with us, God. Would you allow that goodness to move us into new songs and new experiences? That we would move into a life full of action and response, Lord. That we would praise and you would give. And that giving would spurn us back into more praise. Because ultimately, we exist to bring you glory, Lord. Finally, help us to do this with so much joy that it becomes contagious to those around us. That your goodness is so full inside of us that we can't help but spread that goodness and that cheerfulness to others. You would call us to, to be something more than ourselves, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we sing together?